Welcome to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies to improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to help improve financial results in our beer business, and now I'm helping other craft breweries do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today I sit down with Trevor Brewer, an attorney from Brewer Long Business Law located in Orlando, Florida. Trevor specializes in alcohol beverage regulatory law, beverage licensing, distribution agreements, among other practice areas. Trevor provides his guidance on how to understand and implement the various rules that are embedded in the executive orders that are out there these days so that brewery owners can stay in compliance. We also talk about the future of state alcohol regulation and what it might look like given the number of changes that have occurred during the pandemic, allowing e-commerce, curbside pickup, and home delivery, to name a few. So for now, please enjoy my conversation with Trevor Brewer from Brewer Long Business Law. Trevor, welcome to the podcast. Kerry, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Glad that you are here. So to kick things off, why don't you give the listeners some background on your experience, your firm, and types of services that you provide? So my firm, Brewer Long, is a a business-oriented boutique law firm. Myself, I, for 20 years, have been very much involved in business organization, transactions, planning, helping people put businesses together, operate those businesses, and in many cases, sell those businesses. My partner, Mike Long, he is, uh, you know, comes at it more from the dispute resolution litigation side of things. And so I, you know, get to handle a lot of the the, the fun, optimistic, you know, we're coming together side of things, and he handles the, you know, things aren't going quite as well anymore sort of things. So I've, you know, again, for been doing this for, for 20 years in my practice, our firm has been in existence for, for 12 years, so most, uh, most of that time. Um, since 2013 is really when I started to get very much involved um, in working with um, alcoholic beverage manufacturers, principally in the state of Florida, but also in, in, in other states and some other industry players um, at the, and mostly breweries. That, that being, you know, kind of, you know, following the rise in, in breweries over that time, particularly in Florida. At the time that I um, got involved with um, working with breweries in Florida, there were about 67 breweries. In, in, you know, say mid-2013, and now there are about um, 360-something uh, breweries. So we've seen quite quite a rise in, in the numbers here in Florida over that period of time. And, and I've had a, a, a great opportunity to work with a lot of them on all that same business planning, you know, operations, partnering, you know, those kind of things, but also on the regulatory compliance side, um, licensing issues, um, both at the federal and, and state level. Mm. Yeah, there certainly are a lot of those, aren't there? I know it's a, it's a heavily regulated industry for sure. Yes, what, very much. I guess, it, let me ask you this, in normal times, what are the type of sort of regulatory licensing questions that you get is it is it really like how do i get started maybe maybe walk me through a sample client that comes to you and says you know 
get me, I want to start a brewery. What are, what are some of the basic steps on the regulatory side? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So we do a lot of startup type work um, with folks and, and a lot of folks coming into it are um, unsure about how to go about any of it. And, uh, you know, certainly from an application licensing side, both at the federal and state level. And so I, I tell people all the time, you know, this isn't, isn't rocket science. You can figure it out. But hopefully what, what I can do is to cut that learning t- time curve down, you know, and, and hopefully get you open and operating, you know, sooner rather than later. I like to tell people that if we can help you to, to get up and operating, you know, two months quicker than you would otherwise, then, then we've paid for ourselves, you know. So certainly, you know, our clients can, can do this on their own. They should, you know, start to understand it. As we said, it is a regulated industry. This is kind of the landscape in which they, they operate. But but we can help them to to deal with the applications, to deal with the, the supporting documentation, to deal with all that kind of stuff, get that processed and get it, you know, in place as as quickly as as possible. Um, after that, once people are opened and operating, uh, it's it, it's a just a range of, of things from a regulatory side of things. People often have questions about um, tax reporting. They often have questions about dealing with um, you know distributors and other industry partners. Um, but we also help them with just general employment issues, leasing issues, um, you know, partnering, investment type things. You know, you 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 name it. Anything that that goes into um, organizing and operating and growing a, a, a business, we we try to try to provide a helping hand. Great. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of details in opening any business, and you know, one as regulated as this. You know, all those things you mentioned are certainly their challenges. And I hear that a lot. I work with, um, I do some one-on-one consulting with uh, brewery clients and many of them are startups or dream phase. And, they, and they're like, I, you know, I don't even, where do I start? How do I organize this list? What comes first? Where do I even look? And, and I think you had mentioned, you know, helping kind of speeding up that learning curve. And if you can save them time, because uh, time is money, you know, if they're investing, you know, if they're securing a lease, but they don't quite know how to expedite their applications to get up and running, you know, they may be incurring costs as they, as they wait. So that process of, of speeding it up can certainly be helpful. Um, I did want to ask you, you know, how has your practice changed the services you've provided uh, since the pandemic started? You know, we're recording here in the middle part of June 2020. And uh, what are brewery owners asking for these days? What do they, what do they need most? Right. So the, the biggest question that new questions that I've had in this um, pandemic phase has all centered around trying to make sense of the executive orders and and how they have changed the rules in in Florida, as in most, um, you know, every state, I think um, the, the governors and in some cases, um, city and, and county officials have have put in place executive orders that do a range of things like 
like, you know, obviously closing tap rooms, you know, reducing those kind of things, but in many ways and in, in, in here in Florida, allowing different um, curbside deliveries, things like that, that had not existed before. So a lot of my folks, and and I give my, my clients a lot of, of credit, um, they want to comply with the rules you know they want to follow the the laws and so they they call me they pay me money um because they are trying to do the right things um and and i give them a lot of credit for that they they could very easily just you know wing it um but they they don't want to do that they want to be compliant and so um particularly with executive orders it's a bit of a challenge, you know, because you you have a, a body of statutes, you have a body of regulations, it's it's in some way solidified, and then the governor or the mayor comes along with a a two or three page executive order and says, Okay, you know, the you know, we, we're changing this. And and oftentimes the part about the breweries like curbside service, for instance. You know, may get a a, a, you know, a couple sentences, a couple paragraphs. You know, not not even that much. But and so, and then it's left up to us to figure out. Okay, well, what does that mean? You know, how do you know how do we how does that come comport to the rules that existed? What are we allowed to do? What are we not allowed to do? How do we implement this? And so that has been you know a big source of concern, not only for for my clients and for me, but frankly, also for the regulators, you know, who I've talked to around the state who, truthfully, they're, they're looking at the same executive orders that we are, and they're trying to sort it out and figure out what, what it means in, in this, um, this, this new era. So, yeah, na- navigating that has, has been um, the, the number one thing overall. Um, the other issues that we've been talking about are a lot of issues related to leasing and paying rent um, and a lot of issues related to to employees and obligations to em- employees particularly those that are furloughed or, or have to be be let go um, so that that's the the top three certainly in the last couple of months that we've been seeing yeah those are the big ones that that's interesting about the compliance with executive orders that that's something I haven't heard a lot of so I you know I applaud those guys for for doing what they can to stay compliant because it is confusing. And I think that it's, it's doubly confusing because we have sort of, we don't have a uniform message. Like our, each governor is sort of coming up with Absolutely. their own. And depending on if you're mul- operating in multiple States, now you have to juggle all that. And even the regulations themselves are subject to interpretation in, in some aspects. So it's always, yep. It's been tough. So that that's great that folks are really trying to dig in on that. You know, certainly leasing questions, rent questions. What do I do here? I know we've we've experienced this. We have a couple of different landlords for our for our brewery, um, and working with landlords. And by and large, you know, I think everybody's trying to work together. Um, yes, I agree. Yep. But it's you know it's it's circumstance by circumstance. Um, but certainly those are those are big issues. You had mentioned curbside pickup. Um, so just to pick up that thread, and we were talking a bit offline about this, but you know many states have loosened regulations, alcohol regulations during the pandemic. Uh, so we have the home delivery, we have e-commerce, curbside. Uh, so what's your sense on those regulations as to whether those changes will become permanent or refer, revert back to what they were uh, pre-pandemic? Right. So I, I think that, uh, honestly, I think that there are two two things that that you may see see in that that space 
One, I think that as we were describing before, you have uh, the regulatory, you know, uh, you know, body, you know, the, the list of rules that that the state agencies have put out. Um, you have the the statutes that the legislatures have have put out, um, and and those themselves have not changed. You know, as a result of these executive orders. Now, the executive orders, how they work is they suspend um, some of those rules, or they can tweak them in some ways. But as soon as as those executive orders lapse, or as soon as they are are um, terminated by the the executive, we go straight back to the regulatory by the statutes and the the rules, at least as they're written on the page um, that we had before, and and that um, takes you know a lot of time to to change. So my experience in Florida and other places is that um, administrative agencies are not huge risk takers. And so they're not going to rush to to change the rules that they are allowed to change on their own. Legislatures who would be responsible for changing the actual language of the laws, they often they also don't move terribly quickly, and in, you know, and they in Florida at least they only meet you know once a year, and and you got to wait until the session is is you know in, in in order for for anything to happen. So I don't th- I don't think that the laws are going to change on the books um, very quickly. Um, now. The the experience during the pandemic um, may be a good talking point for lobbyists and for other industry members as they talk to regulators and legislators about um, proposed changes and making these things permanent. Hey, you know, we, we had curbside um, service before. Everything went fine. You know, it worked out. You, you know, we'd like to see that that come back in a more permanent situation. And, and that, I think, is helpful to them. Um, but um, but I don't think that the the language of the regulations and the statutes are going to change in the near term. Now that was kind of the point one. Point two is enforcement, um, and enforcement is always in some ways a separate animal from the written regulations and the statutes. Um, and so it may be that. The people charged with enforcing the regulations and the statutes, they may see things a little differently. They may go about things very differently. Um, I don't know. It's the the challenge there is that in some ways it's it's up to each you know regulator in Florida. We have divisions for our regulatory body, and and it's already you saw even before the pandemic that they kind of applied these rules a little differently. Um, and so this may be another situation where you see some differences in application about you know what what can go and and what what can't go. So um, you know. Not not a lot of definites there, unfortunately, but uh, but it is kind of the nature of the beast, especially in a regulated industry like this. Mm, it'll be interesting to watch, yeah, to see how it goes down. And yeah, it, I certainly think it's it's going to come down to a lobbying effort, and perhaps you know, state by state, what uh, what which side the stakeholders are on, and you know how they view uh, these changes, you know, relative to e-commerce and curbside and so forth. So, absolutely, keep an eye on it. Um, you know, obviously that's a, we have a, we have a health pandemic and it's, and it's very clearly a financial pandemic as well for, so just about every business is hurting 
financially. Um, what do you think brewery owners should be talking with their attorney about now? And somewhat relatedly, what assistance might be available or, or possibly coming in the near term in your view? So um, I always obviously advocate uh, talking to um, attorneys at an appropriate time. But but frankly, the thing that I would tell brewery owners um, is before uh, as to that question, what do I do going forward? Before calling me, um, call your CPA or call your, your financial advisor, because um, unfortunately, it's it is a, a numbers driven you know, thing question. Um, and, and, and frankly, it's the, the conversation to have with a CPA or a financial advisor is all right, given, given what we can foresee to the extent we can foresee in terms of sales and expenses, you know, going forward, um, what, what does our, you know, prognosis looks like, look like, um, that's a numbers question. Um, the laws, you know, obviously they affect how businesses can, can do what you can and can't do, but, um, the laws really don't, change the numbers. Um, and, and so I, I would first um, advise um, business owners to talk to their CPAs about, okay, what, what do we need to do to survive? Or if we don't think we can survive long-term, what do we need to do to, to make it better? Um, after that conversation, I think it is time to have a conversation with the attorneys about, um, okay, we are thinking about doing this. Um, what does that mean? What are the liabilities? What are the consequences of it? So for instance, um, let's say you have a brewery that has two locations. Um, one seems to, to be break even. The other is, yeah, you know, it's really not, not, you know, operating well. It's in the red. Well, maybe, you know, what, what um, the brewery owner and the financial advisors decide is the best thing to do is to to cut off that that location or, or let that go. All right. Well, then the question needs to come back to the attorney. Well, we have this lease. You know, what what does it mean if we you know, can we terminate the lease? What does that mean? What's it look like? What are we responsible for? Have we signed personal guarantees, you know, that, that we would still be on on the hook for um, those kinds of things are um better attorney type questions. Um, other types of questions that, that come into play and we see some of is, you know, obviously people um, need, um, you know, a great, perhaps a greater safety net. They need a cash infusion, you know, those kind of things. So they're looking for potentially looking for other investors, other lenders, things like that. All right. Well, what, what are the terms of those? You know, what, what's our obligations? What are we, you know, what's it look like? You know, if we take on other investors, you know, what do we owe to our existing you know, shareholders or, or members, you know, can we do that? You know, those kind of things. So um, I, I guess to, to sum it up, I would say that, that a, attorneys are certainly a part of the conversation, perhaps not um, the first stop on the, the planning for the future. Hey, this is our, our pathway to, to viability, to success. But, but certainly from a standpoint of a, okay, what, what do we need to do to be able to get there? What are the threats to our, our plan? Um, how do we um, operate in this environment going forward, you know, trying to, to hit that goal? 
Yeah, makes sense. So kind of a team-oriented approach, you know, get your financial plan on paper, work with your CPA, your financial advisor, and then contemplate what the legal issues or aspects are within that plan. You know, as you had mentioned, if you're going to need to restructure leases or, or cancel them, that's obviously got a financial impact, but it has a has a legal impact. Um, that's interesting about taking on new investors. If you need a cash infusion, I think that's certainly something you know, that I've advocated for, you got to have access to capital and, uh, you know, new sources if you need them. And that's certainly one way to think about it. And then the legal ramifications of how you put that, put that together. So that's, that's good advice. Um, I'm interested in hearing like, what are the most, um, what have you learned during this crisis from breweries? And are there any examples of breweries that maybe were, were better positioned than others to withstand this or any best practices uh, that other breweries can learn from? So, uh, yeah, I think that, that what I have learned, I have seen breweries and some of my brewery clients, um, they're, they're doing fine. Um, I don't know that I can, can very well say that there are, you know, that some are, are, you know, doing better necessarily you know everyone's kind of taken a, a haircut um at least in the the short term while while a lot of stuff was closed but um certainly i can say that those that were you know had a solid footing going into this crisis and you know have weathered it um best um and you know that's i realize that's not a, a huge revelation um but um but i think that it 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 is a, a point worth underscoring that you know the time to to prepare for crisis is before you enter it um once you're you're in the midst there's there's very little that you can do on the fly to to change things so for instance instance, um, the breweries that, that I'm familiar with that I, I believe have, have done weathered the storm a little better than others um, are, you know, they, they are perhaps a bit more diversified in terms of their revenue streams. They have, you know, a good solid um, uh, you know, revenues from a tap room, but also from package sales. You know, they they have good good relationships with their their distributors, which I realize is in some ways outside the breweries, you know, direct control. But but they have you know done everything possible to build a solid um, business, you know, everywhere they can. Um, I think that I have uh, learned that. Uh, breweries um they certainly are very creative in terms of of what they see as uh, you know potential revenue sources um their their brewery owners are incredibly um creative and that's a good thing i mean there there are uh, you know that is where innovation comes from it doesn't mean that every idea or every you know potential um you know new innovation that they have is is a good one a successful one but um, but you know I'm impressed by you know some of the ones that have come up with things. It's like oh geez, I really wouldn't have wouldn't have thought of that um, and and those kind of things. So so yeah, I think that um, it's uh, the the things that, that I've 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 learned is that um, uh, the 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 
fundamentals of running a good business, um, a good brewery, they matter, um, and they matter for for this this reason um particularly so um i know that that's uh, there's not too much that folks can can do with that perhaps right now but as we we do start to climb out of it hopefully people will will you know carry that lesson with them and and you know go slow make sure the fundamentals are are, are there um really pay attention to their risk of exposure to to these types of you know, unexpected circumstances. Mm, yeah, I think those are great points. And we're always looking for kind of this new uh, blow your mind type idea when a lot of times it's right. It's just business fundamentals. You know, yeah. we, we're kind of looking out on the horizon for what's new and different when we really just need to look internally. And I think some of that is just um, good business planning, having a business plan. And some is uh, really now, taking seriously the need to have to do contingency planning and stress testing. Um, I I think it gets poo-pooed a lot because we're very busy, you know, in in normal times, we're just trying to make beer, keep up with production, keep our customers happy and so forth. And contingency planning is like, yeah, we'll we'll figure that out, um, you know, when we need to. And then then it's too late. Right. So much of what I see, uh, you know, is... And all these decisions, all the things that we're talking about are largely made um, at at the very beginning, at the at the formation. Uh, and and it's it's a bit unfortunate because it is it these decisions come at a time when when you know new business owners, new brewery owners are in many ways least prepared to 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 make them. I mean, obviously hindsight being 2020. But for instance, um, decisions about you know where if especially if you're leasing or buying a property where it is located how much you're paying in rent you know are you paying too much in rent you know those kind of things what is the what is the what does it take to carry that expense for for a lot of breweries that is a big expense item is 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 rent with cam and you know all these types of things and so you know i would want new brewery owners, startups to really think long and hard about, you know, can they support that that expense load? Um, same with staffing issues. Probably the number one expense for for a lot of a lot of breweries is, you know, how much staff is do we need? How much staff can we get by with? You know, those, those kind of things. And so. Um, I, you know, I certainly don't want to suggest that brewery owners should be unnecessarily pessimistic when they they make some of these, you know, front end decisions. Obviously, optimism and and hope that that this new business is going to be successful is what what drives um, growth. But you know, there is this is the time at the beginning for for realism um, and for um, uh, you know understanding that you can have a a an aspirational goal, the thing that you're shooting for, as well as the all right, what's our our just getting by, you know, kind of kind of position, um, and and making sure that if you're in a situation where it's just getting by for a period of time. You, you can do that. You have a plan for that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent. Well put. So now comes the big question. Uh, that I'm asking guests these days with the crystal ball question. Okay. So feel free to, to not answer or punt on this if you feel like it's just a impossible, unknowable, which it is. 
So if you were to peer into your crystal ball, uh, the big questions everyone wants to know are when are we going to come out of this? How long is it going to take to, say, get back to some semblance of, of where we were before from a financial perspective? And uh, and what's it going to look like? What do you what do you see as you peer into that crystal ball? Yeah, so I'll I'll answer it with the caveat that that you know this is this is you know certainly outside any expertise that I have. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a you know social scientist. Not not any of those kind of things. This is not a a, a legal question. Um, but you know, so I'm answering it just from what what I see from the you know from you know. Uh, every all, all the news sources that everyone else looks at, but um, I uh, I think that to the extent, and we're talking about breweries. Most of the breweries that I work with, a large number, uh, a lot of their business, you know, comes from their tap room experience, um, and even if that is you know, kind of core to driving their um, distribution um, model, it's a very important part. And I think that that's not going to necessarily come back in the same way until 95%, 99% of the population believes that they can go out to places um, without the risk of life-threatening illness. Um, it's not a rosy assessment, but it's it's it has been... Uh, you know, somewhat sobering for me to realize that that there are a lot of folks who, um, you know, because of, you know, their past experience, because of health concerns that they have individually or just for whatever reason, um, aren't willing to take chances. Um, and I don't want to suggest that there, that there's anything wrong with those people or, right, or that right. that's a bad thing. But um, to the extent that that you are in a, a, a industry, in a business model that depends on people congregating and to going into those spaces, um, and to the extent that there is a fundamental difference between whether you have, you know, you know, sixty uh, percent of your occupancy that you previously had, or eighty percent, or a hundred percent, that that's going to matter. While there is a, a a statistically significant number of folks who just are not willing to be out there, it's going to affect those those numbers of how many people are in your your tap room. Um, I, again, no, no expertise, you know, no, nothing really to, to, to point to in, in, in that way other than, than my, my own, you know, observations. And, and obviously, um, I, I hope for, for the better. I think, you know, obviously if, if, um, there is a vaccine that is developed, you know, very, you know, very, you know, much sooner rather than later, that will help. Um, I think that if there are, even if we don't have a vaccine, if we have um, treatments that make, you know, that, that bring down the risk of, of, of being infected, um, I think that that will, will help. So I think that there is, is growth in that respect. Um, I just don't think it's going to be um, immediately. Yep. It's going to take some time. We all just have to be smart and hopefully, uh, you know, follow the protocols that are out there. You know, I'd certainly, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure we all see it now. You know, you never, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone wearing a mask in public and now it's you know, the majority of people are. And now yeah. the folks that are not are kind of like, why aren't you, why aren't you, you know, we're all playing this game. We're trying to get through this, uh, 
so yeah yeah and even and even on just that i think that that part of the the issue part of what makes it challenging and what may continue to make it challenging is is the the uncertainty um i think that um it's in fact i think that that's you know what what drives most of it um if we had greater certainty about okay this is what it does you know these are kind of things then people would would adapt to to that reality um right now i think that there there is a great deal of uncertainty and uh, um, you know, maybe that changes. Maybe it doesn't. I don't. I don't know. You know, there's nothing that says that that we we ever get to, you know, absolute certainty um, in in this um, in in how to deal with this. You know, pre pre vaccine, um, those kind of things. So, it's you know, it's a it's a tough tough situation for for any business. It's um, but it's particularly tough for for brewery owners that depend heavily on tap rooms, just like you know, movie theaters and other bars and things like that unfortunately the 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 industries that are most affected are are those that really depend on people congregating yeah absolutely so we we've touched on this question um earlier but i just wanted to kind of return to it and see if there's any anything uh you may want to add so from a legal perspective what are some must do's right now for brewery owners and managers from your perspective? So I would say that um, from the legal perspective, uh, you, you certainly want brewery owners to do their best to comply with whatever the executive orders are now. I mean, we talked about how, you know, yeah, it's really hard to figure out how, how that changes or affects um, the, the, the regulatory scheme. Um, but but that is a, a a challenge that that I think brewery owners need to to take on. Doesn't mean that that brewery owners can't you know push the envelope or 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 view these things in a, in a way that that you know helps them in in their business. But but certainly I think that they need to to take take them seriously and and understand that there there are risks you know as in everything and being more or less aggressive uh, about it. Um, what I've, you know, certainly, and I'm sure, you know, every brewery owner hopefully has had this experience that in a regulatory environment, there are times where the regulators, you know, the state or federal are going to tell you, yeah, you're not doing things exactly the right way. And my experience has been overwhelmingly that those regulators and telling you that they're just doing their job. You know, they're not looking to, to, to put you out of business. They're not looking to, to really crack down. So the, the best way to respond is, is to, you know, with politeness and, and try to seek some understanding. And, and a lot of times regulators can be good, good resources and, and you can work with them. So ha brewery owners in this, as they're going forward, as they're trying to navigate these things, understand that, that there are a lot of, you know, things that are in some ways unknowable, do your best, have a, you know, have a, a good attitude about it. Don't react, you know, overly negatively if if a regulator or somebody else, you know, thinks you're doing it incorrectly. The truth is nobody really knows at, at this point in time. Um, the other must do is, you know, as we discussed before, too, Make your plans as best you can. I mean, I understand that that that's a challenge. Look at the financials. Talk to financial advisors and CPA. Decide what it is that that um, 
the next year, the next 12 months or so may look like. And um, once you have that, if that requires or, or contemplates big changes, big you know, in, in employment issues, in um, investment issues, in leasing issues, talk to the attorney about, hey, we're thinking about doing this. You know, what what do I need to be aware of, or or how could this this affect me? Um, Certainly, um, you want to have that call, even if it's a quick one, before you commit to to anything. Um, so, um, you know, keep keep the you know just bring the attorney in into the loop and make sure that that you you've got the best you know advice available for 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 all of those decisions. Um, the last thing I'll say, just on the the what what. Um, brewery owners and others in the industry should do in this situation is is uh, you know just as as much as possible be 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 realistic be you know it's okay to be um hopeful it's okay to be you know to to hope and and want the best and certainly we need everyone to to work very hard but um but you know be be realistic understand that that there are things that um are in some ways outside of our control. It's not a, a reflection on on anyone personally or any you know past decisions, but it does require a good informed next decision. And so, um, take in the information, digest it, make make the best decision you know um, going forward. Hope for the best, and if it if it turns out otherwise, then just make the next best decision you can. Um, that's, that's all I can would ever ask of, of anyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Just keep on fighting, get your plan, get your team, get the yeah. your professionals behind you and do the best you can. And you know, we've talked about this with past guests, but the, you know, by and large, the people in the brewing industry are really resilient, scrappy. They are. Folks. Yeah. And, uh, so my, my money's on them for sure. Well, Trevor, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate your time. Uh, lots of lots of really good information and takeaways, I think, for people here. So if folks want to get in touch with you or learn more about the services you provide, what's the best way for them to connect with you? So I would definitely point people to our our website and blog that that's specifically aimed at the beverage industry. It's brewerslaw.com, B-R-E-W-E-R-S-L-A-W.com. Um, and um, that will will have contact information for for me. Um, we certainly talk to a lot of people, um, you know, uh, briefly just about where they are. Sometimes I can answer questions very easily, and it's you know we don't typically charge for 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 anything unless there's really a lot of work for us to be done. So I welcome people's um, contact. The website has some some inf- information, um, and you know as we were talking about before on. on offline a lot of the content for my um you know the website and my blog posts are based on you know the questions that i've been asked you know the week or the couple weeks before and my my view is that well if someone's asking me for that then chances are you know there are others out there that that could use the same um same information so so i you know, would welcome people to, to visit that and, and, you know, get whatever information they can. If they have questions, um, they can always reach out, follow up, and I'm happy to, 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 to engage and try to help people out. That's fantastic. All right, Trevor. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinance.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Finance Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.